0: What's going on, guys? This is Andrew Bass, and you're listening to the Realist Podcast Reunion Show only on Talk Is Bass. so uh for those of you that know me um wrestling has been a huge factor in my life i've been a wrestling fan since i was a little kid um love everything combat man i loved gladiators i loved um the idea of jousting in ancient times. And um, when I was a little kid, uh, one of the things I used to do with my dad was watch um, WWF or um, as it's known now as WWE. And um, UFC has also been one of the things that I've been getting into race recently. Um, But I would be remiss if I didn't uh, start doing what I originally did. And um, as you guys will see, eventually I'm meeting with um, Blake Carter, a good friend of mine who um, introduced me to the broadcasting arena with the realist podcast where we talked UFC. We talked WWE. We talked about wrestling. We talked about things that we were going to predict um, versus what happened and our reactions to it. Um, I've been missing it a lot. And it's one of the things I've talked to Alec a great deal about. Uh, he's not as much of a wrestling fan as I am. So um, it's been one of those things that since I started Talk Is Best, I've always wanted to talk about wrestling. And um, if any of you guys have been keeping up with my 365-day challenge, one of my things that I said I was going to be doing today was watching um, WWE, um, NXT, UK, TakeOver, and Blackpool. And that's the second one um, that has occurred since the brand has originated. Um, the British wrestling uh, is phenomenal. Um, if you guys haven't heard about the British wrestling, I highly suggest you guys check it out. Um, I just watched, uh, the takeover, man, what a takeover it was. I was blown away, um, by the matches. Every single match had you on your feet, um, from the start of the match, um, or the, the start of the card, so to speak to, um, the end of the card, um one of the matches I'll never forget. And it's definitely, um, not a surprise to me, but Jordan Devlin versus, um, versus, uh, mustache mountains, Tyler Bate and man, does Tyler Bate put on a show wherever he goes. I mean, um, he's such an entertaining guy. He's super young. He's younger than I am. Um, and, whatever he touches turns to gold. He's been in multiple matches of the year, um, candidates for WWE. And, um, he definitely put on, um, uh, the match of the night, uh, or the match of the afternoon, so to speak in Blackpool, um, today, um, <laughs> back and forth, got a standing ovation. Uh, he, he's he stayed after for like a good, um, good 10 minutes or so just getting a a standing ovation from the crowd and from the execs in the balcony um such an explosive crowd Um, a lot of people say that chicago gets a big rep for being the loudest fan base and in some respects that they are but um definitely the fan base with the most energy in professional wrestling has to be the uk crowd um the uk crowd always has their chance going they're always singing they're always having a good time it's such a fantastic thing um to hear that going on while the wrestling is is happening because you know it's all about atmosphere and you know one thing that you don't see in a um crowd in the United States is a lot of um, emotion being shown um as much as it there is it could be where the u the uk crowd you always know what they're thinking what is going on they're just having a good time you know and um yeah man it it was a great show obviously um we didn't have any title changes this pay-per-view um Kaylee ray retained the WWE United Kingdom women's championship Um, Galactus uh, or Gallus they um, they retained their title in an awesome four-way tag team ladder match um, that would have stolen the show if not for Tyler Bate and of course um, Walter retained his United Kingdom championship um, pushing a reign past 268 days Um, just a phenomenal pay-per-view and I I would have been remiss if I didn't come on and talk about it Um, if you guys haven't gotten into wrestling, I would say NXT and NXT UK is a good way to get into it. Um, A lot of people like know that professional wrestling is fake, but really it's all about putting on a show for fans. Like it's almost like going and watching like a Broadway play or watching like a movie. You always want to know what happens next and how they're going to do it. And um, definitely uh, the good people in NXT know how to put on a show compared to anything. And I would stack them up against AEW any day. Um, NXT, NXT as a brand in general, whether it's UK or whether it's just NXT um, always delivers on a takeover. I'm never disappointed. So um, with that said, um, one of the cool surprises at the end of the night was uh, my favorite faction undisputed error, um, invaded the ring and the closing moments when Imperium was celebrating with their um, their leader, Walter. Um, as we know, next Saturday is going to be a huge pay-per-view event called Worlds Collide, where NXT is going to take on NXT UK. Um, and um, one of the pay-per-view matches of that night is going to be the Undisputed Era versus Imperium, which is Walter's faction on NXT UK. And... Um, of course, Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era, in all of their gloriousness, um, stormed the ring while they were celebrating. Pretty much put the beating on them. Um, you know, it's classic Undisputed Era getting their heads of their opponent, showing their dominance. This is really going to start building up to be a good feud, um, which is going to culminate next Saturday at Worlds Collide. I can't wait to see it. I'm definitely going to do a prediction show for it. Um, you're probably going to catch it right on here. I don't know if I'm going to add it on to whatever episode um, I have of Talk is Best or if I do it as a separate recording, but look out for it. Um, yeah, but um, just as a um, fan of professional wrestling, this is a very exciting time to get into the brand, to look at all the different um, wrestling shows that you have out there course you have monday night raw and friday nights or friday night smackdown at this point which has always been around it's been around for a while now and then you have aew which is changing professional wrestling um definitely has some of the most exciting tag teams in professional wrestling um of course it's kind of uh led by cody and um chris jericho who are two very exciting wrestlers you have john moxley that's in there and then you have nxt and nxt uk and they're just going to keep stealing the show you, you know led by adam cole led by walter um led by kylie ray led by um um you know shana baszler and uh the nightmare um so you know really exciting time for wrestling. If you haven't gotten into it, now's a really good time to get into it. You can get a free um, month subscription to WWE.com where you can check out all the NXT, NXT UK news um, shows and all that good stuff. Um, But yeah, that's it. I wanted to get on. I wanted to talk about NXT TakeOver. um, And just to kind of let you guys know that, you know, I I started this um, podcast not just, um, you know, with the stuff I'm doing with like gaming or fantasy, but my other passion is professional wrestling. And my past has been podcast for wrestling. So I'm definitely thinking of getting into um, doing like pre-shows and stuff like that for big pay-per-view events. Hopefully I can get a guest to come on and talk wrestling with me. That'd be awesome. But if not, I am kind of liking the solo aspect, being able to record in my own room with a microphone for a change. So the quality should sound really nice. And, yeah, uh, definitely more to come with wrestling and Talk Is Best. Thanks, guys. And welcome back to Talk Is Best. Today's guest is the man who was responsible for bringing me into the broadcasting uh, arena. Of course, I'm talking about my good friend Blake Carter, the creator of The Realist Podcast, a YouTube series where we talked all things wrestling from predictions to reviews of pay-per-views and live shows. How you doing today, Blake? Good, how are you, man? I'm doing excellent. You know, it's nice to have you uh, on the uh, phone now, you know. It's been a hot minute. It has. I think it's, Lord, I don't even remember the last time we really talked. I think it was the last
1: WrestleMania that we talked. And we were just talking what's going on in, in that world.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it's. It's it's one of those things. I remember us actually talking about, you know, trying to schedule like a time to like come down to like a pay per view in Texas, and uh, you know, yeah, a lot has happened. I mean, good lord, so much since. Uh, I mean, you guys ordinary. had the acts uh, the the um, flooding down there in uh, Texas. Yeah, we've had two, good lord. We've had two of them with a melder
1: recently, Harvey, which that was. That was crazy. I, th- I think that two little years of just flooding, flooding, flooding was absolutely unreal. And you, you lost like the majority of your recording equipment, didn't you? Actually, no. I actually got really lucky and was actually one of the very few uh, that didn't flood. So a lot of the stuff that I had was good. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's unreal how many people lost stuff. Like, I, I've never seen so many friends and family that just lost everything, like like I did. Then, I mean, even with Amelda, a lot of a uh, a lot of people that I know that just got finished, like uh, rebuilding their houses and stuff, flooded
0: again. Wow. Yeah, I I actually have a good friend, my, my buddy Alec, who always does a show with me. He um he was one of the houses that were affected by Katrina down here in New Jersey, um so or up here in New Jersey from where you are, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like I have watched him for like years trying to get the house squared away and finally get it rebuilt. So I'm I'm glad that you know you guys were fine down there, and, you know. So uh, let's get this uh, started off. You know, um, I definitely have to ask you because I don't think I really ever did. Uh, how did the realist podcast get it started so uh it's it's actually kind of a not a long
1: story but it's kind of crazy this the way that it happened so uh the way we started the realist podcast goes back to even years before the realist podcast even started um it was me and at the time uh, a guy named chris sagan he went by chris chaos uh we were on a there's a radio show called uh fntx radio which was basically a radio online radio station for just they played just nothing but music from texas so it could be rock rap whatever and we would uh sit there and talk and we had a show uh on there which was mainly about comic books and stuff so we would talk a lot about uh stuff like that and we did a few episodes talking and him and i kind of I i kind of saw an opportunity with him to kind of uh make something because I I always love doing podcasts, I always love listening to podcasts, and I always wanted to do one. So uh, about a year goes by, and we end up going to United of Champions in Houston, uh, the one where Sting I don't remember what year, but uh, Sting's last match. Let's just say that we, when, we went with, and watched,
0: uh, Seth Rollins, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: when he basically could have died because of his neck. Uh, we went to that, and we were like, man, let's let's make a let's make a podcast, wrestling podcast. Like, why not? Like, it'd be really fun. And sure enough, we started a uh, podcast called Wrestling Rocks. That's how it all started. Uh, he wasn't there a lot. So we ended up, uh, I found a guy named Kyle, Kyle Lapore and him and I started doing it. And at that point, I decided it'd be a good idea to rebrand because uh, the Wrestling Rocks with a side of geek was his format. And he wanted to do something with that. And I didn't like just the wrestling rocks aspect. I wanted to have something that was kind of original. So I started uh, the Rules Podcast. And uh, between then and there, I met you. And then we come to find out you liked wrestling, and I was like, "Why not? Let's let's see if we could get we have chemistry on the mic." And I think for a solid year and a half to two years, we were doing it. Uh, and I, I know for me, when it came to an end. Uh, big reason was because i I lost a lot of interest in the format i didn't think that where they were going with wwe was very good so i decided to and i was having a lot of personal things happen so that's about when i decided you know just abruptly ending it um i will say that i've uh that i have like progressed in life a lot without it there's times where i do miss it but i mean from, from what I notice, even though there's more content out there, it's just it's been very
0: worth not staying around on it because of how bad the product is. Yeah, you know, and the product has changed uh, mm-hmm. since, you know, then. I mean, now you have AEW. Um, NXT has come into its own as we always knew it would. Um, NXT mm-hmm. UK. I literally just got done watching uh, Blackpool 2 and that show tore down the house, let me tell you. Yeah, from what I was reading from
1: uh, social media, it seemed like it was. It's unreal. Um, I know for me, uh, I- I've been really into AEW. I-, I really like the direction they're going. Uh, I'll still watch uh, pay-per-views from WWE. Mainly, their major pay-per-views. So I won't right. be able to watch it live. So I'll be watching the Royal Rumble, hopefully without any spoilers. And then when WrestleMania obviously comes around, I'll be
0: watching that. Yeah. And, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, AEW, I mean, they have, uh, all-star, you know, roster, they have pack, they have John Moxley. Um, Darby Allen is a very big prospect. Cody, of course, the young bucks, we can't forget about the young bucks, Hangman Adam Page. Um, there's so many people on that roster that deserve attention. Sammy Guevara, for instance. Um, it's very refreshing to have something to do on wednesday nights it's like i'm always watching nxt i'm always watching aew and um it's just it, it hasn't changed for me i mean i've lost interest in the main product but i still watch it but nxt like it just never misses a beat neither does aew mm-hmm. i think my only complaint about aew so far is um the tag team wrestling as while they have like the best tag teams in the world argu- arguably I think they, like, play really loose with the rules. Like, I, I and I know Chris Jericho called them out on it um, recently. Um, like, you know, holding on to the um, turnbuckle rope, um, keeping track of who has the tag. There's been so many instances where there's been so much action that people forget who's legal. Mm. And, you know, illegal people have been making pins on uh, legal people. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it's still a young company, but it's got a lot of promise.
1: I also think an issue with that, uh, you know, just with that is the fact that if you if you pay a, a lot of the tag teams are very high spot tag teams. You know, for instance, the Young Bucks are very high spot. They do. They do the crazy stuff. So you also got to realize that most of the time when they were wrestling, it wasn't it, it wasn't like it is now where it's weekly. It was usually like twice TV wise, it was like twice a month, maybe, so they could do the high stuff, the crazy stuff, and kind of get away with it. Whereas now it's, you kind of have to be careful with your spot. Mm-hmm. And you know, even though they do deliver great matches, it, it is the small things that are getting to them. And uh, another thing is, you know, is how long do can Chris Jericho really kind of carry
0: that top spot? You know, he, he is getting into his fifties. Yeah, but he's still the uh, he's still very entertaining. Uh, he's still mm-hmm. like one of the reasons why I tune into the product. But you know, you raise an interesting point, especially when uh, Cody, you know, has backed himself into a corner to where he can't challenge for the AEW championship anymore, and there's only one singles title on that brand other than the women's division. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. you know, how long can Chris Jericho hold the division, and what's the direction like going from there? Because to be completely honest like you're the reason why I got into guys like Kenny Omega and Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. I I I feel like Kenny Omega is kind of stale in AEW. I mean, you might disagree with me. Um, but like I don't see the same guy that wrestled at Wrestle Kingdom that captivated me. Young Bucks on the other hand, I'm I'm still seeing why they're Young Bucks, you know, why they're the elite so to speak. But mm. I, I haven't been able to get behind Kenny Omega like I've been getting behind guys like Darby Allen or John Moxley.
1: Right Well I know for for instance,' uh, I've, I've read some stuff and, and uh, one thing that he's doing is he's making sure that other people get opportunities. He, he knows that he's already been that top guy and he knows that if somebody beats him, that it means a lot. Right. Uh, I mean just the fact that John Moxley beat him it, it makes John Moxley more legitimate.
0: Uh the fact that I, I think uh didn't Pac beat him? Yeah, Pac beat him the one time. And uh yeah. I think um they had another they had a match where I think they've traded so far and then they had a draw. So now the whole thing is he's trying to get that rubber match to get the edge up on um on Kenny Omega at this point.
1: Well, it's just when you beat Kenny Omega it makes you legitimate, you know. Look, I mean, look at Moxley now. Since he's beaten, even though it's you know it is scripted TV, look at him now. Uh, now Moxley's being offered, hey, you want to join the the uh, inner circle? And goes from there and is now probably going. to He's the number one contender. I mean, he's the number one ranked guy.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. AEW goes by rankings, not by oh, you beat the champs, now you therefore earned a title shot, uh, for the most part. But I will say um, that um, decision where he made, you know, am I joining the inner circle? I was crap, cra- uh, cracking up during that whole thing, um, mm-hmm. especially with Sammy Guevara in the little side panel, because when they cut to commercial, they usually have the broadcast still going in the side of the screen with second screen. Mm-hmm. And he actually was holding up like cards like you do see on YouTube where it's like, you know, tune in for this and then you just switch to the next card. And uh, he goes, Sam Hayek, you know, hit me up. You know, you want to you uh, get together? <laughs> yeah. I,
1: um, I, I, go ahead. I was going to say, I absolutely love what they're doing with it. I think
0: um, – Yeah, for sure. I, uh,
1: I, I, I think that they can do good things with, uh, with AEW. Uh, I, I think the thing to worry about is what can they do from uh, – Basically, whenever they kind of get away from Chris Jericho, because, you know, back to what I was saying, I, I do believe that as of right now, as a top guy, he's carrying it. Yeah. But uh, I just as long as they keep the writing the same, uh, I think
0: Guevara is a, a superstar in the making. And I, I think they should be fine. Absolutely. So uh, you mentioned earlier that you didn't watch the current product of wrestling. Um, has has the switch over to uh, Fox um, sort of um, changed your mind on that, or is it still the same old stale product that you kind of shied away from two years ago?
1: Uh, what I mainly do is like, – don't get me wrong. I kind of know what's going on because of social media. I follow – I still follow a lot of guys that do podcasts. Now, I don't listen, but I still follow a lot that will do the podcasts and stuff, so – I can kind of see what's going on, and you know, a lot of them are still saying all oh, the the products, this products that. So it kind of gives me an idea that the product is still really eh. So, um, you know, I think the, the move to Fox really hasn't changed anything for me. I still don't have a desire to to tune in every Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Lord, I, I can just check and see what's going on from YouTube and kind of be like, yeah is kind of bad and same thing with you know like the the backstage whatever they're doing with like CM Punk and stuff which is really cool but well it's still sort of the same for me
0: well yeah but they're doing if you look at their time slot they're trying to get a late night audience and everybody is in bed like it a lot of WWE content is still for kids I mean with the exception of like NXT NXT UK which is more of an adult audience like AEW um Mm -hmm. it's like how many people are going to stay up to 11 o'clock I think is when the show airs and watch, you know, CM Punk for like five minutes on the screen, you know? And, and, you know, the thing that kind of bothers me about that is the fact that
1: they could do good PG product. You know, it's not something that has to be, Oh, it really has to be PG 13 or I'm not going to be into it. I genuinely think that they could make a good product, just good booking. That's all it really takes. Give it, you know, give us some good booking.
0: Yeah, but they're still, uh, they're still like, backed up into that corner where it's like, oh, well, we got to do this. We got to do it this way. And, you know, guys like Cody, guys like Hunter have proven that the business can be more than that. And for some reason, uh, WWE has sort of failed to go in that direction. And I think the majority of it is because of NXT. It's like Vince uh. is over here like, hey, you have your product. I'll have mine we still succeed because you have NXT and that's doing well. And then the, the younger fans are going to stay for the main roster. They're not even the main roster anymore. So.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, as we said before, the roster is not even
0: great. No, I mean, they've got a lot of talent on there. It's just that they don't know how to use them effectively. I think. Yeah. And I mean, how long
1: did we say that when we were talking, you know, they have so much talent, you know, but you know, talent can only get you so far.
0: Yeah, and you know, it, it's it's kind of showing it um, with with certain people who've been um, brought up to Raw or SmackDown, and you know, they just disappear. Look at Shinsuke Nakamura. Look at Sami Zayn. Look at um, Robert Roode or Bobby Roode. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it just it's it's one of those things where you have all this talent, but you don't know how to book the show in the direction that. Um, that keeps people coming back in that aspect. Absolutely.
1: I, I, I like it. it, it, I'm sorry. It just blows my mind to see like people like Bobby Roode, uh, which Bobby Roode was always big on um, in his own aspect on like TNA. And then Shinsuke Nakamura, who was one of the greatest new Japan pro wrestling wrestlers ever. And he has a good year and a half to two years, and it's like since he's turned heel, it's been one of the worst things ever.
0: Yeah, and, you know, you could even look at uh, EC3. EC3 was a big, huge acquisition. Everyone thought he was going to go somewhere. Then he went to Raw, and we haven't seen him on TV since. Yeah, and I know
1: he's extremely unhappy just off social media, I believe. I think he's waiting to get, uh, to get
0: like, a, I think he's ready to go. Yeah, and you know it's it's interesting because they're trying to sign so much of the talent for like multiple year deals to keep them away from like promotions like AEW or, or um you know even TNA at this point or New Japan. Yeah, and I know Luke Harper he had to sign a uh, ninety day um, non compete clause um, before uh, they let him go, and you know he's trying to um, getting AEW once that uh, clause is over.
1: Yeah, uh, I know uh, when it comes to AEW, a lot of people started thinking about going. I know uh, the Revival were, were a group that was wanting to go over there, and they've made it kind of clear. But because of – and that's one reason why WWE is signing everybody to huge deals is mm-hmm. for that reason. Uh, because once these, some of these people get out of WWE, you're going to see people leave. I mean, Sean Spears, good example. You know, he's known. he's literally known for
0: popping Cody in the back of the head. Yeah. And he, him open. Yeah. You know how um, I felt about Sean Spears or um, Ty Dillinger, as he was known in WWE. I was a huge fan. And, you know, you were you were the biggest uh, person in the room that heard me screaming. We want Ty Dillinger in a uh, world championship match. And you were like, it's never going to happen. And it's like AEW. He comes closer to that than uh, he did in WWE. He's taken yeah, seriously. And, yeah, and,
1: absolutely. And that's that's one thing that I think he's good with is is that is the fact that he's taking more seriously. He has a little manager with him, which, in my opinion, makes a heel so much better when a manager is with them. Now, I, I just I don't know, man. Like I I don't I don't think I still don't think we've seen. Uh, Ty Dillinger versus Cody, and that's have we?
0: Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was. Uh, him with his manager, and I can't think of his name at the moment. And then Arn Anderson was in Cody's corner. And uh, right. speaking of Arn Anderson, he's now the official manager for the Rhodes family. Or I'm sorry, They can't say Rhodes because it's. It's funny because um I heard Jr. slip. Um, on AEW this week where he or somebody slips someone said uh Cody Rhodes and he goes well I mean they, <laughs> they actually they actually own the Rhodes name uh Cody
1: does he can actually be Cody Rhodes but he does he chooses not to be Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. be, because uh he doesn't want to be basically that be his career is is his dad which is understandable I completely understand that he you know he's already made a name for himself as just Cody uh, which is why which is why Dustin gets to use Dustin Rhodes.
0: Right, right. I, I did want to get your opinion on this since we're talking AEW. Uh, what's your um, opinion of the women's division over there? Um, I like it. They're taking a lot more seriously. Um,
1: I like uh, that Brandy is a heel. Uh, I, I've always thought that Brandy and Cody together as heels are the greatest thing or some of the greatest things on earth. The only thing I do really dislike about it, though, is because they are somewhat the face of their company and they do a lot of public speaking, you know, you get it's kind of like with uh, Stephanie McMahon where she's a heel on TV, but off of TV, she's, you know, the sweetest person on earth. She's in uh, are doing great things like that. So that's kind of one thing that kind of ruins it for me is the fact that they're heels and they have that going on for themselves. But other than that, the fact that she's literally shaving people's heads is really cool. I actually
0: like it. Yeah. And, you know, I I, I think that her uh, speaking ability is really helping her. Like, I think whenever uh, she comes on the TV, I I am excited to hear what she says and how she says it. Um, My only complaint, I think, with the women's division is with the champion. I'm not sold on her yet. Like, and and I think the biggest reason for that is because she hasn't really been on TV until the last two weeks, you know? Yeah. And that's also one thing I actually like that AEW does is, you
1: don't have to have a show with the champions on. You know, like, Chris Jericho doesn't have to be on every week doing some tag team match every week to hold that
0: brand together. Right. Yeah, but it's, it, it, you know, at the same time, it's like, um, I would say, like, the argument with that is Chris Jericho doesn't have to be on TV because everyone knows Chris Jericho. Mm. I have no idea who Rio is. I don't know where she competed before. So it's like, I, I have no... Um, experience with her so like as an outsider it's it, it, it's like I've gotten introduced to the Young Bucks and now I understand who they are you know as opposed to what I've seen like from clips and stuff but right. it's like with I've never seen her before so I saw her for one match where she won the championship and then she just vanished and it's mm-hmm. like I'm seeing all these other women kind of get in the spotlight and I'm starting to get interested in Adam Cole's girlfriend Britt, Britt Baker um, there's so many good women over there Um, but it's like my, my only criticism is I wish I actually saw more of their champion so that I can get Mm. a better view of like how I felt about her as a champion.
1: Well, it's actually unreal to, to look and see how many, uh, wrestlers are dating. And you have like, for instance, John Moxley's wife is, oh, uh, Renee Young. And then, uh, Sean Spears is uh, married to Peyton Royce in WWE. And then Adam Cole is obviously dating, uh, Britt Breaker. So it's actually super crazy to like think about that stuff and just be like, wow. And uh, I know whenever I, I don't know if you've listened to Talk is Jericho, but he did a uh, podcast with uh, with Moxley as soon as he right when he debuted around then, and uh, they were talking about what uh, if Renee was kind of scared because if you remember when CM Punk left, they kind of they really did oh uh, AJ Lee wrong. Like yeah. They really did her wrong, and Renee basically said, "Do you? You go be happy. They can't
0: fire me." So, yeah, they really can't. <laughs> She's a huge face in the company, you know, and mm-hmm. people want her on TV. And mm-hmm. you know, I I actually watched a um, or listened to a podcast with Corey Graves. It's called After the Bell. It just started airing, and uh, he and Renee actually were talking about that, and you know about her leaving the announce team. And she was like, I, I didn't like doing it. I hated it. People asked me to do it, so I stepped up and tried it. And it got to the point where she got hit in the face by um, a boot, um, you know, somebody getting thrown over the table. And she was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to go do backstage. I got the deal from backstage. I'm just going to do that.
1: Yeah, you could tell a uh, little bit that I listened to her that she wasn't very interested in, in it. And it, that's another thing that I think that where, uh, where WWE got wrong is, and you know, I, I'm all for if, it, it if a woman can do it and she's better than a male, let her do it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just, it was 100% one of those things where they're trying to get in with the current, like with the times right now, and they're trying to force that type of stuff on people. And it's just like, I don't think that's that's really
0: needed. Right. As like, as there's no point in like, Beth Phoenix, I'm sorry, cut you off there. Like Beth Phoenix wanted to be on announced team. She's, you know, she's gone out record saying she loves it. Mm -hmm. You
1: know, yeah, and I just, it's just so forced. It's just like it doesn't need to be, no. But they forced it anyway. And I mean, look at it now. I mean, she, you know, I I love that they switched it up on Raw. Uh, But I, I will say that. I still think the the announced teams need a lot of work. I think the announced
0: teams are very, very still. Uh, Samoa Joe had a good run on the announced desk when he was hurt. And you know, it's Look. it's interesting because it came out of nowhere.
1: And mm-hmm. it's like Samoa That's... Joe's
0: on the announced team and people were complimenting him. I know Corey Graves even called him out and was like, Hey, I want you back on the announced desk when you're uh you're done and retired. <laughs> yeah, it's like when Punk, you know, did it he did it when he was hurt and Punk did outstanding. On the announced desk, but I mean that's that's half the magic in wrestling, and like you know, like what I think about wrestling and how I got into it. You had the Attitude Era, you had King, and you had um, Jr., and nobody mm-hmm. could replace Jr. ever. Nobody can replace Jr. So it's you know, and I think it's kind of the same thing with uh, Mario Ronaldo, and um, oh, I'm trying to think of his the other guy's name uh from the uk nigel yeah, no, yeah nigel yeah i'll yeah, sit like here going two blank two people on it too. together are just off poetry emotion
1: yeah and then you have somebody like Corey graves that talks trash on them like it's unreal
0: oh yeah and then mario who's already dealing with his own stuff you know gets that mm-hmm. and, you know goes off the grid for a while and, and it's just a shame because you know they're all in the same boat together and you know when you have somebody that's making the product better you wouldn't think that you would you know go ahead and uh slam them like that yeah you wouldn't think so but it's actually unreal that it happens you know it's actually in my opinion it's disgusting that it happens but and you know i listened to um after the bell and Corey got on and apologized for it and the way he kind of iterated it was hey i'm a heel i'm trying to be a bad guy and it's like well okay you know try to be a bad guy i get it but like maybe not at him when you know that he's dealing with stuff like <laughs> yeah well uh, you know to that i also think that that apology is forced probably
1: you know I, that <laughs> that apology is so forced that it's not even funny yeah so you know because he meant every word because i think he went on a uh, like a little tirade of for like two weeks of just going off on him like th- if this is you know the so it's the so-called greatest you know that the company has why is he basically crying and it's just like dang dude like we really are going there
0: <laughs> yeah yeah he, he, he can get a little wild but you know hey i actually do like Corey on the announced team i you know i just i i think that uh he should you know st- stick on smackdown and just you know keep to himself when it comes to certain things play the character but you know yeah I, you already know that they had issues the two of them and that's why they couldn't work together before um mm-hmm. that's why they split them up and brought him the nxt or kept him in Nxt but, but brought graves up so it's like you know that that is oil and water don't don't let them mix together you know
1: yeah and uh it, it's sort of like when jbl jbl and uh maro because you know jbl was a bully and he did all that and you know made, basically
0: made Morrow just quit yeah so um i gotta ask uh, bringing it back to our, uh, recent conversation. Um, you said you kind of missed the podcast at some time. Um, is there any way that you would consider coming into another podcast? Um, you know, depends. at some time, not now, but you're like in the future coming back. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it. It just
1: depends on what I have going on. I know right now I'm so busy with work, like with life that it'd be difficult, but like in the future, I wouldn't mind like, good Lord, I'm a big talker. I don't mind it at all. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I've been, you know, I've been wanting to do podcasts with some buddies because we're all sports fans and, you know, I can go on with sports and we've been talking about it and it's just never kicked off the ground. So, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't mind coming
0: back someday. Absolutely. So I'm having a great time catching up with, uh, with Blake. When we come back, we're going to be talking about, um, anchor versus YouTube where, uh, we will answer the question, has podcasting changed? If so, did it change for the better? But before we do that, I want to take a second to talk about my upcoming book, Sanguinary Song, which is just a few months away from publication. For Christina Vega, life hasn't been normal. Her parents murdered, her life uprooted. A coven of witches have raised her ever since, raised her to hunt the nightmares. A fiendish plot has been hatched to resurrect the Sanguinary, the very same creature that has haunted her since childhood. An army of deadly creatures will stop at nothing to see the sanguinary return to life. Time is running out, and if Christina cannot stop the resurrection, millions may suffer the same fate as her parents. One thing is for certain, some will not survive the final verse of the sanguinary song. Sanguinary Song is my debut novel that is coming out in 2020. So uh, looking back on my time with the Realist podcast, I've noticed that podcasting and vlogging have become um, huge over the past two years. So I'm going to ask, has podcasting changed? And if so, is it for the better? Man, I, I, I think so. I, I think with
1: how much it's changed all around with uh, Spotify doing podcasts, which they've been doing podcasts for a while, but they weren't as open. Uh, to allowing just anyone to do it um, then you have iTunes which is easy and then obviously something like Anchor uh, that it just makes it easier um, now you know back to my uh, the YouTube days I will say it's not uh, you know just doing this is a lot easier than just being like all right like we have to do it at this time got to make sure we have a background got to make sure we have this uh, Is is everything good make sure there's no background noise so it, it, and plus you know then it was live so like like the time <laughs> i heard i was cooking something and i heard something go off and i thought so i thought there was a ball like someone just broke <laughs> something And all,
0: i'll be right back <laughs> you know it's it's funny you mentioned it too because i went back and i was feeling nostalgic and i was listening to some of our uh our live shows from like pay-per-views and i remember uh like a dead space for like a good solid 30 seconds and then i heard all of a sudden you chime in you weren't supposed to hear that (laughs) what i said was
1: (laughs) like like for real and but the live aspect was also really cool like when we actually were built like building something a little bit it you know it became where i don't even remember the guy's name but we had we had one guy that was always in there and one
0: man who can't forget That's about right,
1: One. <laughs> and he was always in there, and it was just Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns. So it, he was always in there, and it was it was really nice to have him there. Yeah. Um, and then, like the big for me, for from in my opinion, the big breakout video that we had uh, was was the Kenny Omega one, where he was rumored to be at the Royal Rumble, and. You know, obviously it was hardcore clickbait, but Kenny Omega coming into the Royal Rumble, and I sh- just shared some of the uh, um, the recordings from his interview with Dave Meltzer, and I think that got like 600 views, which at the time mm-hmm. for for us is really big. Uh, so that that was <laughs> that was something, and I, I mean, it was just it was, it was a lot of good times.
0: Yeah, it really was. Um, I, I enjoyed the live aspect. I loved doing the, the shows after, you know, like we did the pre shows, we did the post shows. And I know that's one of the things I wanted to do since starting to talk as fast. Like I was focusing on, okay, I needed to do something to kind of get my career going as a writer. So hey, I could bring on other writers, promote them or whatever. But like at the the core of it was the realest podcast. And I was like, I would always tell my buddy Alec, I say, Hey, man, I'm missing that. I loved doing it with you. I loved you know, doing the prediction shows, post shows, all that jazz. And, you know, it seemed at one point we were doing what, like five shows a week, you know, when you think about it, we did Monday Night Raw, we did SmackDown, we did NXT. (laughs) We did all the good stuff, Um, you know, and, um, you know, it's something I've always wanted to to cash into and, you know, get back to. So I actually recorded a um, brief um, review of uh, TakeOver Blackpool, uh, number two, the one that I just watched. And it felt really good. So, you know, what I think going back and looking at like my only concerns with the old format was that it seemed very difficult to reach viewers. You Mm -hmm. know, YouTube is such a powerful tool, but um, unless you're like showing your face or like you have like a constant stream of people that are into wrestling on YouTube, you know, it didn't really seem to get the views that we were looking for, except for like the clickbait stuff, like you discussed, you know? Mm. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, we had a pretty good loyal fan base I mean, we have like, I think it was like 60 plus subscribers, um, you know, at our heyday. And I think we still hold 60 subscribers. They're just waiting (laughs) for the realist podcast to come back. Yeah. Um, I never made a video saying that it was over. It was just, it sort
1: of was one of those things that, um, you know i made a long video about it i don't i mean i'm not going to get into it but there were some things that happened and i decided hey it's probably best just to uh i finally made the decision that maybe we i should just stop it for now right and uh you know that's what i ended up doing and um you know i it just i don't know man it's one of those things that i lost interest in and I didn't have the motivation that I did to do it, you know, because at the time, uh, if I can remember format, we were doing a show, live show every Monday, which means mm. can't really go do anything on Mondays uh, from, you know, you, you watch a show from 7 to 10 central time. Um, and then you do an hour show from about 10, 10. 15 to about eleven fifteen. 15. Uh, just mm-hmm. depends on if the chat's active. And then Tuesday you're from 8 to 10 same thing from about 10:15 to 11:15 depends on if the show's active and then uh wednesday would be our break and then you would have thursday be the uh the the you know keeping it real right so and then that can take an hour and then i mean just then of course you had
0: pay per views if you had a takeover and then a major pay-per-view afterwards you're talking about like a five-hour main roster pay-per-view yeah plus the pre-show and post show show so
1: yeah and i mean you would go from i'm trying to think here uh like let's say it's the royal rumble right we would have an hour pre-show which we would do i want to say um i'm trying to think of the time frame here um about an Somewhere hour, like about or right hours. when their pre-show would start. Like if the show started at seven, we'd do it about five and we would talk about, uh, we would basically just talk about what's going on and, you know, get our predictions and kind of if there was anything else going on. And from there we would do a, um, the, the actual show, which goes what, four or five hours, depending yeah. on which show it is. Three being the minimum. And you do about a two hour after show. So, I mean, it could be time consuming. And it's this might sound crazy, but watching wrestling, especially when it's WrestleMania time for like four to five days straight, can be very, mm-hmm. very tiring.
0: I remember us getting to the end of that where we had like Monday Night Raw and Tuesday Night SmackDown right after WrestleMania. And we were just like, oh, here we go again. Like <laughs> We already know the shows aren't going to be fantastic, but we mm-hmm. got to do it because we got a, a fan base. And the big thing about that, and that's one of the things we learned, is that consistency was super important. Because mm-hmm. remember, we went on a, a, a break before that, before um, the podcast ended. And, um, you know, a lot of that had to do with the fact that there was just such a busy schedule. And not only that, but we were really struggling to get people to stay on board. I know Chris had his own thing and Mm -hmm. Kyle had his own thing. And then at one point it was just you and me for like the long stretch. And, um, we went and took the break and then we came back and we were really struggling to get people to um, sign on for live shows. Um, you know, except for people like Juan who were like super dedicated and kept coming back, um, but, you know, it, it's one of the things I've talked to other streamers, like uh, I'll be talking to Twitch streamer, Wobble Line, Um And I, I talked to him on uh, Messenger today and he was expressing his concern with um, with viewership, like how to grow viewership, how to maintain viewership. And it's like I told him, I said, listen, you know, don't get discouraged with that kind of thing, because, you know, when you take a break, that's what you got to expect. People forget about you and you got to you know, keep going until like people, you know, get the idea back or you get new viewers. And, um, you know, it, once we got to the point where, you know, you were doing your own thing and you, you know, decided that it was time to step away for a bit. It was like, we had to make that decision. It was like, all right, if we're going to step away, we got to step away for an extended period of time and just start fresh. If we ever start up again, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And you know, I, I will say this, and if any content creator says any different, especially when it comes to live shows, and you can see numbers, um, when when you have something that's consistent, that's uh, where I think we had a point, and you know, for us it was kind of big. We had I think ten viewers consistently before I went off to Oregon, and I thought things were going to go fine, but ended up not because I didn't realize that they didn't do it live. From uh from Oregon, so like a Monday night raw starts at uh, seven Central eight Eastern. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? The show is basically a recorded recording on the West Coast. Yeah, so we couldn't yeah, do it live. <laughs> so we so we would only we were able to do pay per views, and we kind of that's when we kind of uh, lost the first time, and that's where it really hurt was
0: then. Well, yeah, I mean, we came back to it. We were all excited to come back to it. And, you know, you know, it, not only were we struggling with other people staying on, not, you know, that, you know, not that it's like anything bad on them. You know, it's just, you know, people have life, you know, life mm-hmm. gets in the way, other people have things. But, you know, when, when you have a podcast that has four people and, you know, you got two people that are regulars and, you know, one of them, like you had no choice because without you there was no show you know because people don't realize that you were the one who was doing the thumbnails you were the one who was bringing the recording together you were the one who was uh, posting it together and that was a lot of work you know yes and that is something that's kind of crazy
1: looking back on it is that stuff actually gets tiring you know when it's like man i've done i've had a rough day it's been kind of tough doing this this and this this sounds like just taking the time off would be really nice, but then you have to turn around and you're like, well, kind of can't. Cause nobody has, nobody else has the software to do it.
0: So that that's guy, the one thing I do like about anchor. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just, that was really the toughest part about it all was there was no,
1: there just wasn't anybody else that could do it. And that's not knocking anybody else, but it, it did stink. You know, like, man, like I, man, there's this girl I'm talking to. I really want to go on a date with her. Well, I can't, you know, I got to do this at 10 o'clock. Right. Uh, You know, I even experimented uh, at times with, um, with like me just being the producer and letting you guys do it. And it was still kind of tough because at the time, uh, Kyle, he he wasn't very, he wasn't very confident in himself of being the, um, being a lead. And then uh, you were still new. So like being a lead was still very new to you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was one thing I do wish that, uh, that could have happened where, uh, and that's one thing I really, really wish that Chris could have done was that we had him lead because, you know, that is one thing that did kind of stink was, you know, I would have to lead and it got real tough to even be able to have an a, a, an opinion because I'm having to, uh, because I'm basically having to create, create the conversation.
0: Right and that's one of the things that like worried me going into this because I knew that it was going to be just me. And then I was lucky enough to get Alec to do it with me for our first few shows and kind of get a, a thing back and forth between the two of us. But, you know, eventually once this thing gets up and running, you know, he's going to you know ride off into the sunset and um, you know, it's like, well, now what do I do? You know, it's uh, it's mm-hmm. it, it's like, okay, well, I had to learn very quickly how to take that leadership position, and back then I was way too green for it. But at least with Anchor, like, it seems to be a lot easier to run the podcast. Like, you record it, you edit it. Um, you know, this the strengths of Anchor are unbelievable. I mean, Anchor distributes uh, the, every podcast that they have to uh, all the mediums. So we're like, we're talking about Spotify, we're talking about all these other podcasts I've never heard of. Um, I can't remember what some of them are, but I get notifications. So your podcast is now on this, now on that, now on this. And uh, it's so easy to record. I mean, in a matter of days, you can, you know, talk to somebody, Hey, you got like a free hour. Hey, let's um, sit down and do this. You know, mm. the only weaknesses that I have for anchor at the moment, and is sort of what we ran into at the beginning was, you know um, how do you connect with people on the laptop? You know, Because Mm -hmm. I would like to use my microphones, you know, I I went and bought a professional microphone, but uh, for some reason, it doesn't work right on the phone. Um, So I'm trying to uh, be able to kind of diversify and get that um, microphone into the works for Anchor. But that just seems to be one weakness I'm seeing right now is the quality isn't as good as it could be. But, um, you know, I'm still learning the ropes of the app. So, you know, it's only been a few weeks yeah uh i know when i was trying to do it it
1: was confusing so that's why we were like hey let's do the computer okay (laughs) or let's do it on the phone sorry
0: yeah (laughs) and it's like on the phone like for anybody who's not used to anchor it's like you just send somebody a message like you could either send it through anchor on the app or you can send it through the phone which i find more reliable and it just takes you right to the call and then the call starts and you can edit from there but um yeah. I mean, other than that, I mean, it's not as complicated as trying to find a thumbnail. I mean, I have like a general thumbnail for talk is best. Um, I, I pre-record things like the opening, which is kind of funny too, because I, you know, I was still like, you know, missing the realist podcast. So I was like, Hmm, what am I going to do for my opening? So like I thought back to one of my favorite part about our opening, which was the three count, you know, mm-hmm. one, two, three. So I went and got a three count I recorded a, a three count and, you know, with the bell and, you know, that became my opening. And, you know, you know, probably going to find something later. that's much better. But I was like, you know, I can't let go of the part of my past, which I, you know, I still miss to this day is the realest podcast. So, you know, part of the realest podcast uh, lives on through uh, my intro.
1: Yeah. That honestly, I'm going to be honest here. That was to this day. One of the coolest things that I think Chris and I ever made was that, uh, was that intro. That intro oh, was so cool. And I'll, I'll still sometimes, I'll still to this day kind of just listen to it and just like, wow, that that was like so cool. And we made that.
0: Yeah, I'm actually thinking about um, maybe doing something special for this episode, like maybe playing part of that intro and then, you know. You play the whole
1: intro. I don't yeah. care. It's all, you know. Realist podcast. Yeah, intro- <laughs> 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 you're listening to the realist podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like, I mean, Um, go for it. But yeah, it was definitely really cool to, you know, bring it back for and, you know, talk about the past a little bit. Yeah, it was. So uh, when we come back, uh, we are going to put Blake in the hot seat. But first, I'm going to take the time to talk to you guys about Drop Line. Are you an author, poet, artist or gamer? Do you have something to promote? Would you like to reach online viewers completely free of charge? Alec Pangia's Drop Align is a live stream for you. Drop Align streams through Instagram Live featuring Alec and you. Come on Drop Align for a casual live chat where you could spend up to 45 minutes promoting your book, game, website, company, and more. Drop Align has already featured guests phoning in from countries overseas and viewership is growing day by day. Alec's dream is to network with as many talented art- artists as possible and see their shared following grow exponentially. Drop a Line is committed to that goal, and you could be his next guest. Drop a Line streams Thursdays at 9 p.m. on Instagram Live. To get in on Drop a Line, follow him at Author on Instagram to schedule your spot. Drop-A-Line is a really awesome uh, promotional tool. Um, I've been on it several times. It's done wonders for my writing career. and I know it's actually helped a lot of people um, with their own projects. So if you're looking for some way to promote your business, Drop-A-Line is the place for you. And we're back. Somewhere out there, Alec is thankful for the break from the hot seat. In this segment, I will ask Blake a series of questions, and he will have to answer with the first thing that comes to mind. With that, Blake, um, I have to ask you, are you ready? Go. No. I said, are you ready? For the millions. Watching around the world. Could not resist. <laughs> Just for you. All right. Here we go. Cat or dog? Dog. Dog. Undisputed Air or The Elite? Oof, neither. Adam Cole or Kenny Omega? Kenny Omega. WWE or AEW? AEW. PS4 or Xbox One? (sighs) Xbox One. Call of Duty or Battlefield? Call of Duty. Easy. Ice cream or cake? Ice cream. Football or baseball? Ugh football <laughs> a little bit of the bubbly with chris jericho or share a drink with
1: stone cold stone cold man chris jericho this is no joke i'm not trying i know this is supposed to be quick chris jericho is a vodka guy and i who man
0: did, oh yeah you guys actually weren't here and i'll take a quick break from the hot seat for a second just to tell this story i actually met chris jericho did you when yeah, I, like, I talked to him at Harakon. it was, like, in March, mm-hmm. um, right before my 365-day challenge started, and uh, he was at the bar, and I'm like, dude, that's Chris Jericho, and it took me, like, forever to gain up the courage to go talk to him, but we had a full-fledged conversation. The dude's the nicest person in the world. No, <laughs> oh, Yeah, he is. I've heard nothing but
1: great things about him. Uh, I've heard that when he drinks, though, he's a hardcore, he drinks vodka, so it's like, you know, would you rather drink with him or him? It's like, oh, man, at least would will be with, uh, with steve it's to be their beer or, uh or whiskey
0: so. <laughs> yeah absolutely so all right back to the hot seat hulu or Netflix? Mm, disney plus disney plus love it classic car or uh modern car modern i want something that at least ac and heat works <laughs> all right last one if you could get a pro wrestling commentator to narrate your life who would you choose and why Jim Ross, because, I mean, it's F and Jim Ross. <laughs> For me, I think it would be Mario Nara. <laughs> I really <laughs> like how he emphasizes everything. <laughs> but, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, the Realist podcast edition of the Hot Seat. Um, definitely, definitely a good one. Um, yeah, had fun. yeah, I'm uh, glad uh, glad you took the time out to come and talk to me. Um, is there anything that you like to promote or anything that you're doing that, you know... Not really. It's crazy as it
1: sounds. I'm actually not doing anything. Just, you know, taking, just working and just doing my own thing, really. I mean, it's crazy as it sounds. There's really nothing going on. Tell you what, that must be really nice, too, that good old feeling you get just relaxed. Sometimes, but when you're doing nothing, it can kind of get, (laughs) hmm,
0: wish I was kind of doing something right now. (laughs) I hear you. So, uh, before we ride off into the sunset, um, so to speak, uh, I want to thank Blake again for coming on and uh, shooting the breeze with me with wrestling. Um glad to finally get a wrestling show in to talk his best. Uh, I've been begging for it since the show started. I've actually tried talking wrestling with my buddy Alec, and like even with like Prediction shows, the poor guy just can't do it. <laughs> it's like I'll talk for great lengths about how awesome Charlotte Flair is or something like that. He'd be like, a uh, 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 flare because it's a flare. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'll never forget
1: this. So the very first show that me and Chris did with the Wrestling Rocks, it was a show. Uh, we were driving to the Toyota Center, and I live about an hour and a half from the Toyota Center in Houston, and we were doing predictions on um, on that night of Champions, and I somehow, don't ask me how, got every single one of them right.
0: That's awesome. That
1: one, and this is at the time where I'm not even watching re- wrestling religiously. I just got back right. into it, and I got every one of them right. And the Royal Rumble uh, that AJ Styles debuted, um, I I actually uh, got every I got every one of those right, and I even predicted Triple H being number
0: thirty. Wow. So why I do got you on the phone now? You mentioned the Royal Rumble. That's that's the next big show coming after Worlds Collide. Any predictions on who number thirty will be and who's going to win the Royal Rumbles for men and women respectively? I've seen a, I've seen one place that said that there's a good possibility CM
1: Punk could be number thirty. Um, it's kind of tough. I I you know again I don't watch it, so I kind of just go off of what I see on uh, social media. So like. I saw that Brock's going to be number one,
0: which, in my opinion, kind of makes no sense. But, you know. I'm guessing they're just trying to set up his WrestleMania opponent at this point. I guess whoever eliminates Brock is going to face Brock.
1: Yeah, but, like, what's the point of – like, what happens if he wins? Like, could you imagine? Like, knowing him or, like, knowing how they do stuff with him, he'd somehow challenge himself. That way he He didn't have to wrestle. He'll
0: have to fight Paul Heyman for himself.
1: We you know, we you know oh, it's true. That's what's crazy.
0: I do, I do. I mean, I remember being so hyped for Randy versus Brock and being so disappointed. Oh, nice so. firm elbow to the skull. Oof. Um. So, like, one thing I do know about this pay per view is that it's supposed to be, um, ten Raw, ten SmackDown, ten NXT. So I'm going to make a bold prediction: say Shayna Baszler takes the women, and Roman Reigns takes the men. And Roman Reigns will not get booed out of the building for the first time because he came back from cancer. Mm, that's, kind of, that's kind of tough to say because <laughs> uh, you know me. I'm not a Roman fan. I know you. I know. I know. But, you know, it, it, he has been out of the limelight for a while, of, you know, coming back from cancer. And he doesn't get treated the way he used to. I, that, that's That responsibility has sort of fallen on uh, Seth Rollins at this point. Yeah, what they did right by him, they turned him heel. They did, they did do the right, right They They said, you know
1: what? Him. Let's turn him heel because he's getting booed left and right, being the top guy. And now he's probably like
0: the best heel they have, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, they're my bold predictions for Royal Rumble. So, um, oh, let's see. Uh, if you uh, want to follow me, make sure you follow me at uh, andrewbass24 on Instagram, um, Andrew Bass author on Facebook. Uh, sanguinary Song is set to debut in April or at the end of my 365-day challenge. Look out for a big celebration for that. Once again, I would like to thank my good friend Blake here for uh, taking time out of his schedule to do the podcast. Um, definitely was an honor to have you back. I appreciate it, man. I mean, honor.
1: I appreciate you
0: allowing me to come on here. So with that in mind, uh, while we're uh, closing down the show, um, just a quick few notes. I'll be meeting with Twitch streamer WobbleLine that's coming up in the future. Um, Also looking at um, booking a um, show with an author. Her name's Tammy Tammy Vreeland. Um, Very um, accomplished author. And uh, much, much more coming in 2020. So um, with that said, um, thank you guys for listening to Talk is Bast. This is Andrew and Blake signing off.